This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I want us to go to the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. Jonah. We'll begin in the first chapter of the book of Jonah. We'll read the entire chapter together and then we'll look at uh, the first few verses of this wonderful book that's an intriguing book. It's a book that especially children have been enamored with for some time. As we think of the story of Jonah being swallowed by the whale and all that that story entails. It leads to an entire city hearing the message from God that he had sent Jonah to proclaim and the entire city repents. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to see in our nation today? To see entire cities come to know the Lord as their Savior. To see political leaders repent and turn from their sin and their wicked ways and turn to God. I want you to know that if that is going to happen in any measure in our nation, it will only happen if God's people carry the message. And so may the Lord help us this evening. We're in Jonah chapter number one. We'll begin reading in verse number one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? 
For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I want us to think about Jonah. And the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord came into Jonah. The word of the Lord came into Jonah. Aren't you glad that the word of the Lord has come to you. And by receiving and by hearing the voice of God, by learning and knowing his word, we who have heard it have a responsibility to tell others about it. And in this day in which we live, this day of uncertainty, this day when many are full of fear, when there is so many misleading and misguiding and some intentional, some not intentional, untruths being told. When it's very difficult to know what is right and what is wrong in certain situations. When it is obvious to us all that it seems as if the foundations of our society are being destroyed. In this critical hour, it is important for God's people to hear his word and to proclaim his word to a lost and dying world. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah. And I'm grateful that the word of the Lord has come to me and it has come to you. And by the way, it is the word of the Lord that transforms some believe that Jonah, who was uh, in some ways the first apostle to the Gentiles, as John Phillips calls him, was an old man when he was called to preach in Nineveh. I don't know if that's a fact, but if it is, that's an encouraging fact. That means God's not finished with you. Uh, one of our dear men had a milestone birthday. God's not finished with him. I jokingly said that today is Susan Shook's 103rd birthday. <clears throat> we all know she's not that young. <laughs> God's not finished with her. He's not finished with any of us. God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. 
And he intends that we fulfill that purpose until he calls us home. So there's no coasting into heaven. There's no time for us to sit back on our laurels and rest a while while the world is on fire and burning before us. And Jonah lived in the northern kingdom of Israel. If you'll remember, the nation of Israel divided. After Solomon's reign, his son Rehoboam rejected the counsel of the wise and older men, and the kingdom was divided. The ten northern tribes formed what was known as Israel. The two other tribes formed what was known as Judah. Israel, because of the wicked leadership of their rulers, located their capital in Samaria. Judah's capital, of course, was Jerusalem. It wasn't long before Israel, the northern kingdom, turned away from the Lord. In fact, immediately they turned away from the Lord because the king, in his insecurity, did not want the people of Israel to travel down to Jerusalem for fear that they would be reunited uh, into the same kingdom. The Bible tells us of the ministry of Jonah in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 14. And beginning in verse number 23, the Bible says that in the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria and reigned 40 and one years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And so we find this wicked king continued to lead the nation of Israel astray. It is during this time and during this period and in this place that the Bible tells us that Jonah, the son of Amittai, ministered and lived. The Bible tells us in verse 25 of 2 Kings 14, he restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath under the sea of the plain according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath-Hefer. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter. For there was not any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper of Israel. And the Lord said not that he would, uh, said not that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. So despite their sin and their idolatry, God in his mercy preserved them. The Lord Jesus speaks of the ministry of Jonah and refers to him as a literal historical figure. Do you know that this book of Jonah is a book that has been attacked by unbelievers, by those who would seek to deny the veracity of Scripture, its authority, and its truthfulness. But Jesus references the very thing that they attack in Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 40. I want to invite you to look there with me. The Lord Jesus speaking here concerning Jonah in the 12th chapter of the book of Matthew. In verse number 40, for as Jonas, that is Jonah, was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, 
so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Yes, it's true, a whale swallowed Jonah. And for three days, Jonah lived inside the belly of the whale. And after three days, God said to the whale, spit him up. And he did. And Jonah went to Nineveh, that great city. And he proclaimed the message of the Lord, and the people repented. And there was a great deliverance. I want us to note some things as we look just at the opening verses of this book this evening. And I hope you'll write some things down. First of all, I want you to see Jonah's call. Jonah's call. The Bible tells us, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. As I mentioned earlier, it is a precious thing for us to hear the word of the Lord. It's a wonderful thing that you and I have the word of the Lord in our hands. It is something that most of the people who have lived throughout the history of this world have not had the pleasure to look at, especially in the form that you and I have to look at it this evening. We have the inspired, infallible, inerrant, preserved word of God in our hands. And we have great confidence in it. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, uh, for, in, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that is complete, truly furnished unto all good works. In other words, all that we need, God has supplied to us in his word. And Paul said to Timothy, it is sufficient and it will transform the lives of those who hear it. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible tells me that I have been begotten by the word of God. When hearing the message of God's word, it produced faith in this hearer, and I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior. I was born again, I was transformed. The life of God was imparted to me through the ministry of the word of God. So let's not ever get over the fact that in the midst of this wicked world, God has spoken. He has not left us to figure this thing out for ourselves. He has given us his word. He has revealed to us his person and his purpose in this world. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. I would ask you this question, has the word of the Lord come to you? If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, the word of the Lord has come to you. Now, having received the word, Jonah is now responsible to deliver the word. Jonah is a prophet in Israel. That is his occupation. He is someone who proclaims the message of God. That's what God has called him to do. And Jonah is brokenhearted. Why is he brokenhearted? He's brokenhearted because his people, the nation of Israel, the ten northern tribes, has turned away from God. 
And Jonah has prophesied to the people. He has called them to repentance. He has called them to turn away from their idols and turn to the true and the living God. And he is grieved by the fact that the king is a wicked king who is leading the people away from God. He's a prophet. And he gets a call that he doesn't expect to get. The Bible says, arise, go to Nineveh. That's a call he didn't anticipate he would get. That's a very troubling call to him. And the reason it's such a troubling call is because these people, the people of Nineveh, who are of the kingdom of the Assyrians, they are a wicked people and they are the sworn enemies of the nation of Israel. These are the people who want to kill Jonah's people. These are the people who have come against Israel and vexed them. But these are the people that God has called him to. I want you to see a second thing. Not only do we see Jonah's call, but we see Jonah's commission. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. And we all agree that the word of the Lord has authority in our lives. We all agree that the word of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord, cannot be withstood. And so God now begins to speak to Jonah in particular about what it is that he wants him to do. That was the question that Paul had on the road to Damascus. What wilt thou have me to do? I want to ask you have, you, have you considered that question in your own life? Have you said to the Lord lately, what wilt thou have me to do? In this crazy mixed up day in which we live, have we gotten so consumed with ourselves and our comfort, our personal concerns, our financial situation, our circumstances at work, our family, our hobbies, that we have forgotten to say to the Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? The Lord says, okay, Jonah, here's what I have for you to do. Arise, go to Nineveh. That word arise is a word that we don't need to overlook, isn't it? That means get up and go. I like, I have a particular chair. I'm not a recliner person, but I have a chair that I like to sit in. And the other day it occurred to me how long I had sat in that chair and it was a little bit embarrassing. I don't know if anybody knew it besides my wife and I, but there was an inward compulsion in me that said, you need to get up. <laughs> and you know, we get very comfortable in this world, don't we? we? We get pretty comfortable in our churches and we get pretty comfortable in our Christian environment. But God has reminded us that he has a work for us to do. And he says, arise. Go to Nineveh. 
that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me. Nineveh was a great city. Uh, Nineveh it was located near what is today Mosul in northern Iraq. It was an Assyrian city. The Ninevites were fierce, cruel people, and they were idolaters. They were not the kind of people that you wanted coming around your neighborhood. The circumference of the city was about 60 miles. It would take, and it did take, Jonah three days' journey to cover the city with his message. A day's journey was about 20 to 25 miles, and so Jonah, day after day, walking through the city, proclaiming the message of the gospel. And he did so. I want you to think of the great cities of the world. Delhi, Shanghai, Tokyo, Moscow, Paris, London, Madrid, Mexico City, Sao Paulo, Baghdad, Tehran, Beijing, Mumbai, Sydney, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Hickory. You know what all those cities have in common? There are people that God love in those cities. There are people in those places who need to hear the message of the gospel. This evening we sat in a quaint little southern town, Hickory, North Carolina, pretty conservative place, nice place. Lots of churches dot the landscape of our city. But still within the borders of Hickory and the state of North Carolina, there are many who do not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. What is the message? What is the commission? Arise and go. Arise and go. In the midst of a pandemic, how can we arise and go? Well, God's given us all a place. He's given us all the word. And may God help us to go. To find people that we can proclaim the message of the gospel to. I spoke to a man recently that God allowed me to meet some time ago. And as I spoke to him, I recognized some things. I recognized that he didn't grow up in North Carolina or East Tennessee. I recognize that he didn't grow up in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Baptist church. I recognize that he grew up in a different part of the world. He went to school. He went to a church, unlike mine, where the Bible was faithfully preached. He was taught things inconsistent to the scripture. 
He grew up in an entirely different situation, but I want to tell you that God loves that man as much as he loves me. And I found myself witnessing to that man, talking to him about the Lord, and saying to the Lord on his behalf, Lord, he didn't grow up like I did. He didn't go to Bible school when he was seven. He didn't grow up in a home where the Bible uh, was the center of the home. He, he wasn't taken to church like I was. In fact, he was taken to a church that taught him things contrary to your word. And he's having a hard time seeing some things. And I began to pray, oh God, would you open his understanding? Would you help him to see some things that he doesn't see? And would you help me to understand that he thinks differently than I do? And would you give me wisdom? And would you help me, oh God, to be a witness to this man? You see, we have to change the way we think, don't we? And Jonah would have to do this. He would have gone to any city in Israel, but he didn't want to go to any city in Assyria. In his commission, we see the city, but then we see the cry. In fact, you see it in Jonah chapter number 3 and verse number 4 when Jonah finally gets into Nineveh. The Bible says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. As far as we are told, that's the message. Jonah comes into town with a simple message. Forty days... And Nineveh will be overthrown. Judgment is coming. That was the cry. By the way, that's not a popular message, is it? That's a message that the world rejects. In fact, I'm sorry to say it, but that is a message that many who name the name of Jesus reject. We have a church uh, movement today where people are seeking to uh, receive the acceptance of the culture. And therefore, they are open to receiving anything that comes down the pike of the culture in order that they would not be considered to be out of step with the times or that they would not bear the reproach of Jesus Christ. But Jonah went with a simple and offensive and profound message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. As we're in chapter 3 and verse number 5, we see the response of the people. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Amen. Hey, what we're going to find if we'll proclaim the message is that there will be people who believe. Amen. Satan, the bully that he is, has convinced many of us that people will not listen and that they will not believe. But we are not called to produce results. We are called to be faithful witnesses. And if we'll deliver the message, we will see people who will come to faith in Christ. They may not come as instantaneously as the people of Nineveh. They may not come as a whole as, as a unit, we may not see the mass numbers that uh, Jonah saw in those days, but we will see people come to the Lord if we are faithful to proclaim the message of the gospel. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them 
For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hand. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them and he did it not. I want to tell you, there's still hope for America. There's still hope for Hickory. May God help us to take the message and to cry out. We see his call and we see his commission. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18, the apostle Paul says this to us and to the believers at Corinth. He said, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit or consider this think about the profundity of this to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us those of us who have been reconciled to him through Christ, he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. This is our cry. This is our plea to the people of Nineveh and the people of Hickory and the people of this world. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are to reason with them. We are to invite them to be reconciled to God. We see thirdly here, Jonah's conflict. Jonah's conflict. Jonah received the call, he was given the commission, but he is in great conflict concerning this call. The Bible tells us in verse number three, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah's conflict, Jonah's the prophet. He's ready to speak to his people. He's ready to speak to the nation of Israel. He's crying out to them. He is crying out to God. He's saying, Lord, turn the people of Israel back to you. Forgive us of this idolatry. Give us a king who will lead us in the right direction. Give us a king who will be faithful to you and who will love you. And God says in the midst of that, wait a minute, Jonah, go to the enemy. Go to the people who don't look like you. Go to the people who do not worship me. Go to the people who hate you and who hate me and cry out on my behalf to them. And Jonah has no interest in going. 
He's not unlike us, is he? Well, wait a minute. I, I, I didn't sign up for that. I, I, I'm not interested in that. that that's not in my five-year plan. And by the way, I'm going to have to travel, and that's going to inconvenience me, and that's, that's going to put me out, and I kind of like it right here where I am. And the Lord says, no, I've got a trip for you to take. It's outside of your comfort zone. It's outside of your circles. I don't think there's any mountain villas or any beach homes there. But it's what I want you to do. I want you to go. And Jonah said, I don't want to go. You see, Jonah looked at those people and he saw them really for who they were, just like you and I would have. He saw them as wicked people. By the way, the Lord said they were wicked. He said, for their wickedness is come up before me. God said, these people are wicked. Jonah said, I agree. They were fierce. They were cruel enemies of Israel. And Jonah knew that if these people were allowed to continue to live upon the face of the earth, that they would not cease until they came against his own people and caused harm to Israel. And so Jonah said, Lord, to be honest with you, I'm quite happy that in 40 days they're going to be wiped out. That's exactly what I want. By the way, don't we get the same attitude? You know, Lord, these people who hate you and hate your church, just I don't understand. Why, why don't you just wipe them out? They deserve that. The disciples came to Jesus. You remember that? The sons of thunder. And they said, Lord, we went to this town and they don't want to hear us. They're not interested in hearing from you. We told them all about you, but they're not interested. What, could we call down fire from heaven and destroy them? Sounds like a lot of us, right? Sounds like the political overtones of what you hear in America today. On both sides, by the way. Let's just call down fire. In fact, there's, there's a, a, a pretty uh, established movement that's doing more than calling down fire. They're setting things on fire. And you and I rightfully look at them with disdain and contempt. But the truth of the matter is God loves them. And he is not willing that any should perish. The word any still means any. I learned that in school in East Tennessee. He is not willing that any should perish, but that, what's the next word, church? All should come to repentance. Yes, even the citizens of Nineveh. And the truth is they did deserve judgment. The problem that Jonah had was he forgot something. You know what he forgot? He forgot that he deserved it too. 
You see, Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldees and God spoke to him and called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. And he said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, you follow me. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless him that blesses you. I'm going to curse him that curses you. And in you, in thee, shall all the nations, all the families of the earth be blessed. And because Abraham obeyed the call, Jonah grew up in a place where he knew who God was. He entered into a relationship with the living God. I want to tell you why I'm here. I'm here because of the mercy and grace of God that he spoke to some people years ago and gave them the message of the gospel. And when I came along, I grew up in a home where the message of the gospel was proclaimed. And yes, I might think about this world that's rejected God and turned its back on God and is living for the devil and hates God. And I might say they deserve judgment, but I better remember that I deserve it too. And if I ever forget that, if I ever forget that, then I won't answer the call. And so we see the conflict. And lastly, we see Jonah's course. Jonah said, I don't want to go. I'm not interested in going. And so the Bible says in verse number three, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish, get this please, from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them, un <clears throat> excuse me, unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That's not a good place to go, is it? From the presence of the Lord. Life is an incredible journey if you choose to take it. We can walk with the Lord. Amos the prophet said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? It is incumbent upon you and I who've been invited to walk with the Lord. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. He walked with God. Abraham was the friend of God. You and I have been invited to walk with God. Adam and Eve had enjoyed the fellowship and communion with God in the Garden of Eden. But there came a day when they sinned against God. And when they heard the voice of the Lord coming... In the garden, what did they do? They hid themselves from the Lord. A good way to tell you where you are tonight is to find out where you are in relationship to the Lord. If you're not walking with God in his word, in prayer, in fellowship with his saints, if the last place on earth you want to be is in a prayer meeting or a church service or a Bible study, then that's good evidence that something's terribly wrong, that you're on the wrong course. Jonah was on the wrong course. He was going away from the presence of the Lord. Disobedience to God always leads us away from his presence. 
You see, life is a journey, as I said a moment ago, and step by step we make a decision either to obey God or to disobey God, either to hear God's voice or to listen to someone else's. And every step we take disregarding what God says to us is leading us away from the presence of the Lord. Notice what the Bible says here again in verse number three. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it. We find that word down given to us there in those verses twice. I think the Lord is trying to get get our attention. You see, any step outside of the will of God is a step down. It's a step down. It's a step away from the presence of God, and it is a step down. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, that what God has for your life, the call that he has placed upon you. You may may be here this evening and, and you've not been called to be a pastor or a preacher or a missionary, but you've been called to serve God with your life. I want to tell you that's a step up. That's a step up. And when we shirk that responsibility, when we do not heed that call, when we desire to follow our own path and our own plans, I want you to know we're taking a step down. When Christian parents discourage their children from serving the Lord and entering into the ministry, if that's what God has for them. When they say, well, you know, you'll never make enough money and you'll you'll never be secure and it'll be a difficult life. Why don't you get into some other field where you can earn a higher income and and, and you can have more comfort in your life? I want to tell you, friend, that's a step down. That's not a step up. His course was away from the presence of the Lord. His course was leading him downward. We notice a a third thing about his course. The Bible tells us here in verse number three that he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa. That's the place where the boats were. And he found a boat. Didn't matter what boat. Could have been any boat. But he found it. By the way, that sounds like so many people who get outside the will of God. They're just looking for anything and everything they can find that will lead them anywhere but to where God wants them to be. He found a boat. He said, this boat will do. I'd like to ride this boat. This boat's going to carry me to Tarshish. That's away from the presence of the Lord. That's away from Nineveh and the will of God for my life. I'm not interested in it at all. I'm going to Tarshish. I want to get on the boat. And the man at the gate said, wait a minute, buddy. You got to buy a ticket. You got to pay the fare. I want to tell you, friend, when you get outside the will of God, 
it will cost you. It will cost you. It'll cost you, as Dr. R.G. Lee said in his famous sermon, Payday Someday, it'll cost you more than you ever meant to pay. Sometimes we try to make decisions that on the surface seem logical and reasonable, but they're in direct contrast to the will of God. We try to hedge our bets and look at the pros and the cons when it comes to what God has called us to do and what God is asking of us to do. But what we need to recognize is that what God requires is total obedience. And where God guides, you've heard it said many, many times, he always provides. You say, well, if we serve the Lord, if we obey the Lord, I, I just certainly don't look, I mean, humanly speaking, I don't see how any of this is ever going to work out. <laughs> it's not your job to figure out how it's going to work. It's God's job to take care of his children, and he's promised to do it. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. There may not be much money in your bank account, but I want you to know that he is, has got plenty. The balance in his account is more than they can tabulate. And God is willing and able to supply my needs. All I have to do is trust him. But when I decide not to trust him, when I decide not to go the way that he has guided me, I want to tell you, it's going to cost me something. And Jonah paid the fare. And he went down into the boat. And he said, hey, boys, I'm going to find me a nice spot and take a nap. And while many Christians are sleeping, the world is rocking and reeling, and they're looking for somebody to give them the message. May God help us. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Has the word of the Lord come to you? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.